I'm, I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful unto the Lord. And um, just thinking about everybody's testimony on Friday, um, we're talking about just, just thanking God because he's just deserving of it all. And he really is. And um, just thinking back on my life and just what he's done for me. And, and when we're singing that song, I want to worship the Lord with all my heart and give him my all and not just a part. Um, and that's just with my life. It's just with my everyday life. I want to just make sure that I'm giving God my all and not just a part. And I was just thinking about, you know, even when we, um, the things that we give to God are our money and things like that, but it's also our time. And, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. And if we, am I even giving 10% of that to God? Um, and I was just thinking about, um, I was just thinking about just um, when we were talking about in Bible study this past Tuesday and about how um, Abraham had to give that, um, give Isaac, you know, his only son up unto God as a sacrifice. And um, just thinking about like he was, he had so much faith in God that even if he had to sacrifice him, he believed that he was going to get resurrected. And just thinking about, that how God is never going to ask me to do anything that he hasn't already done because he gave his only son for me and so that I can live, that I can have a chance, you know, to, to make it. And he did not, he did not. Um, and just thinking about how just like um, when um, he called him Jehovah Jireh, you know, that God provides and God always provides in my life. And he always, always makes a way when there is no way. And um, even when we were reading in Daniel, and I was um, looking at um, Nebuchadnezzar, and he was, you know, building himself a, a statue and making everybody praise down to him. And I was think, looking at him like, this guy, he's really full of it. But then I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, just like Nathan told Daniel, you are that man. That is you, because if I don't give myself unto, if I don't give my all to God, if I'm not putting him in the first place in my life, I am making an idol out of myself. And I don't want to do that before God. I want to give him my all and not just a part. I want to make sure that I, like we were talking about on Friday, that we have, we have this hope and he plays his Holy Spirit within me so that I, way I can run from my life. That way I can be part of that hope. And I'm just so grateful to God that he's just given me that revelation that he's continuing to open my eyes that I can be a part of what he's doing and I'm just so grateful to be here. Hi church family. I'm overwhelmed. I'm so glad to be back. When I left, I didn't leave on my own accord. But I'm back on my own accord. Thank you, God. Thank you. I just feel the spirit. I feel God's presence when I'm here. And I want to say thank you to everybody. I love you. Bye-bye.
Bon Dieu béni, non? Moi, je dis bon Dieu merci. Lord, pour grâce, li, pour amour, li, for his grace and for his love. Compassion, li, his compassion. Moi, content du fait que m'bami, non? I'm so happy to be a part of you. Moi, t'es venu depuis les et conventions. Moi, pas I've been here since before the meeting, but I haven't had a chance to stand and thank the Lord. I thank God for the fact that he gave me the grace. I was part of the Biden program. And the God gave me grace to be here. And the grace of my aunt. And Sister Natalie, I thank God for that family. My aunt is not just a mom. She is a mother and a father for this family. She loves us. And um, she loves us so much that she has done everything that she can for us. We don't have a father, but she plays the role of a father. I thank God for this family. I ask that you help the Judy family to pray because they have a heart. God gave them a heart to help and think about this family. I thank the Lord for being a part of you, me and my daughter. God bless you. First of all, I want to tell the Lord, thank you. Thank God for being here today. It's a wonderful opportunity to be able to lift up my hands to the King of Kings and praise him in everything. And the first song that we sung, we, uh, we adore you and we, uh, we worship you. And that's the whole thing what the Lord wants. He wants a, a committed, dedicated, uh, set apart people and I'm so thankful that the Lord led me this way. It was, a, it was a road that I probably wouldn't have traveled to get here, but I'm so thankful that the Lord has led me this way. Gave me eyes to see, gave me ears to hear, and he, more importantly, he gave me a heart to want to obey. I'm so thankful. You know, the Lord, he can, he can, uh, he can leave us to ourselves. But it's not the Lord's will that any would perish and that all would just turn. We would turn, repent, turn our hearts towards the Lord. And so I'm so thankful that the Lord has given me this heart to want to serve him. I'm so thankful, saints of God. I really, I stood up because I want to repent. You know, uh, listening to Sister Debbie and saying, um, you know, we can give our, our time, our energy, our strength to all kind of things in this life. But all of those things that Solomon said are just vanity and vexation of the spirit. The man's eyes is never satisfied. You know, so we can search all of our life for all of these different things, but only Jesus can satisfy our soul. I'm so thankful, saints of God. I haven't committed everything to the Lord, and I know it. I'm so thankful that the Lord can still touch my heart, can still touch my mind, can tell me, look, get right. Get right. The whole duty of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. And I'm so thankful. I was just reflecting back 
It was something, uh, I watched a little snap of the, the meeting on, on, in, in San Marco, and Brother Brown was talking about importunity. And that word really resonated in me, in me and as I saw it, it, it just really resonated in me. And just thinking about even Sister Debbie, what she said about giving all. Uh, this, uh, I went to a little banquet, and this is all natural, but, you know, the invisible things of God are clearly seen, uh, being understood by the things that are made. And so it's first natural, 1 Corinthians 15, then spiritual. But I went to this meeting, and I'm talking about some sold-out, dedicated people, and it's for a corruptible crown. And I mean sold out. It's not a shadow of a doubt that they are sold out. And they're making some ungodly money. But they committed. And if I'm not as committed, then I can't get the reward of what they have attained. That's just a principle in life. And I was watching a band, how I was telling Brother Jeremiah this morning as we were preparing breakfast, uh, dinner, uh, this band, I mean, they sound wonderful. wonderful. Now, of course, they were playing secular music, but at the same time, it was one band. They sound wonderful. And so I'm saying in my mind, how many times a week did these people get together to actually blend their spirit? How long, we, man, we looking at it, we reaping the rewards of their labor, but how much sacrifice did they actually give to get what they got, what they producing right now? And then I thought about it. Here I am sitting in the body of Jesus Christ with a chance to, uh, rule and reign with Christ throughout eternity to be a part of the bride of Jesus Christ to overcome all of those wonderful precious promises that Christ has given us and here I am I don't fully commit God forbid God forbid fall on the rock so I want to fall on the rock and ask the Lord to have mercy on my soul I don't want nothing here to hinder me. Yeah. Nothing in this world to hinder me. It's everything in this world is temporal, saints of God. Everything that we can see with our eyes, we can touch with our hands, those things are temporal. temporal. But there's a crown that exceeds this, uh, this temporal life. It's a crown of righteousness. And it's not just laid up for me, but it's laid up for all of those that love his appearing. But we have to strive for masteries. We have to strive. We have to be temperate in all things. We have to be un unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our work and our labor is not in vain. I just wanted to encourage the people of God. I adore you, Lord. I want to give you everything that I have because everything that I have is what you have given me. I, I, I just was thinking, Brother Greg, when I first, I was sharing my testimony with the young man, Brother Brown, uh, Dwayne the guy that we was talking about, and I was just sharing with him, well, you know, when I first married my wife, Sister Chanel, we ain't had nothing, absolutely nothing. I didn't have a vehicle, no vehicle, no place to live. I didn't have nothing, had a bicycle. And so, you see, you look at all of the things that, you know, this, I didn't acquire in this life, that's nothing. Because if it wouldn't have been for God, I wouldn't have none of those things. Because what I would do is I would take those things and I would make them my God. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm so thankful, saints of God. I'm so thankful that the Lord led me this way. He let me sit down long enough that I can get my eyes open. And then you can see, okay, who's the true enemy? What's the true goal? What's the prize that's laid up for us? And so we're going to run this race with patience. But we have to continue to look at Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured all small temptations that we're going through. He endured them. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
despised the shame. And he sat down in the right hand and the throne of God. So we have that same hope, that precious hope that one day we can rule and reign with him because he's dividing the spoil with the strong. So thank God for being here. I'm so thankful that I can fall on the rock and I don't have the rock to fall on me and grind me in the powder. I'm so thankful that the Lord can still touch our hearts, can still touch our minds, show us what this vision is all about, what life is all about. This is not about how much we can gain, it's how much we can give to the Lord. And I'm so thankful to be here. I'm so thankful, saints of God. Brought me out of darkness, brought me into this marvelous light, set my feet up on a rock and established my goings, established our goings, give us a hope and a, a, a hope that we can strive for the bride of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, saints of God. Hallelujah, saints of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I appreciate the Lord this morning. Thank God for just being in this place. Wow, just a, such a, a rich place. And I listened to all the, uh, the testimonies and those songs that we were singing, not, not giving my all and not just a part. I, I thank the Lord uh, for allowing my eyes to behold his beauty in this people. And I thank God for that because without this, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what I'll be doing or where I would be, but I know, thank God, that he led me here to this people in order to get my eyes pried open and to see the glory and see this thing just, just really just come into being. And I, I'm, I'm just so excited to, because, you know, I, I know where I, he could have left me, and that ain't, that ain't where I want to be. So I thank the Lord for allowing me to see this people. God has a people here in, in Shriver Assembly, and I, I, and I know that. Because, you know, I passed this place a lot of times, Brother Rick, a lot of times, but I couldn't see it. But I thank the Lord that he didn't leave me to myself. I thank God that he opened my blinded eyes and he allowed me to sit down and consider. It's kind of like with Moses. You know, he, let me see this thing. Is This, this is burning. I, I've been knowing, I knew Sister Turner for a long time and Brother Mike. And, you know, they, they ain't consuming. They've been around for a long time. And. You know, I see their life is prospering and stuff like that. So, and of course, and Sister Brown, I mean, Sister Grace and Brother Brown, I've known them probably, I probably, you know, <laughs> all right, I ain't going to say it. But I thank the Lord. And I, and I was thinking that, you know, I, 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 God, uh, he did some things in my life and changed things. And, and uh, listen to Brother Felt, how, you know, we, it's just these natural things. So they're just natural but I thank God that it, it, it enables me to serve God's people and to allow that people to come up a little higher and be, you know, I thank God because that song said not be our best and not just, be, you know, I, we're not average. We're not average people here. And I thank God for that because we strive for mastery. And I thank God for that, and, you know, in our salvation, because, uh, you know, whatever you do naturally, you'll do spiritually if you don't. Do that because God has given it, you know, he puts something into you. And so if you're lazy in the natural, you'll be lazy spiritually. So I thank God that when we, you know, when we're doing things, you know, we, we put our all into it. You know, sometimes I know, I know sometimes I, I, I can't turn loose, but that's just the way I'm driven. God has just shown me this way. 
and allow me, you know, at this day to be, you know, in the state that I am. And I'm, I'm glad about that because, you know, I, this whole body, you know, it was failing me for a while. But I thank God for the prayers of the people that God has, you know, and I'm able to listen. You know, when they say stop, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to listen. Okay. But I thank God, amen, that, you know, he's, he's given me what I need to continue. And so I, I just wanted to say that and just thank God for the, this ministry has guided and it's, it's given us, you know, we had a really good discussion in our, in our meeting this morning and talking about uh, uh, wisdom. What is wisdom? And I thank God for that understanding that, that, that has been, you know, that the discussion that we had because truly it was, it was something that it was very, it was, it's very needful in our life because, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to get into it, but I thank God that we were able to come and to chew the cud, split the hood, and discuss those things, and then leave with a better understanding of the scripture. And uh, to go back, and the younger ones are going to go back, they're going to search it out, they're going to do this, and that's the kind of people that we are. We're going to search it out. So I thank God for, you know, and like I said, we, we're not, uh, you know, we, we're not afraid to, you know, to, to chew the cud and, and to split the hood. We're not afraid because that's just the kind of people that we are. And if I look, if you look at the people back in the book of Acts, they were the same kind of people. They, they did. They didn't just take what Peter said and, you know, they, they went search it out. And, and you know, and they, they had no big U in that little eye. And because when uh, Peter went wrong, you know, James, uh, you know, I mean, Paul, I'm sorry, Paul. Paul straightened it out. But when James, when, when James, you know, the disciple, well, not the disciple, the brother of Christ, he was able to give his sentence. And, you know, and I, I like the way that, that order. So this is an order, an orderly people. And so when we look at the ministry, we have to see the people in order. Because if the people are not in order, then the ministry is not in order. So I thank God for, for that because I see the order and I see what it produces. And that's what we were talking about, what your wisdom will produce. And I thank God for allowing that to, you know, be a part of us. Because anything that you come into being with this people, you ought to see, like Brother Felt, you ought to see something. You ought to see, you ought to see a better life, striving for, you know, for the goal of eternal life, third heaven, and we're not second heaven people. We're not just here for a resurrection. We're here for a de-resurrection, and I thank the Lord that we're striving for masteries. And if you strive for mastery, you gotta, you got to do everything, everything. So I, I don't want to keep going and on, but I just thank God, and I just wanted to say those things that my life is an example of what this ministry has, has shown me. And I've taken these things in, in, in my own way and put them into my treasure chest, and I'm able to, you know, to give God and serve his people. And that's the only way we serve, you know, we serve God's people. So this is, our, this is, this is my, my servant. I, this, I, this is my, my uh, well, I used to say this is my chief joy. But I thank God for allowing me to see, you know, what's inside of me and to allow me to, you know, go on and go further, a little further, a little higher, and to allow the people of God to be, you know, serve. And like I said, the ministers are here to serve the people, not the people serve the ministers. So I thank God for that revelation because, you know, we, I didn't have that when I came here. You know, I had a, 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 a bad spirit and, a, and an ignorant mind, as they say. But I thank God for, you know, it said, that song said, Mercy rewrote my life. And I thank God for it. And I just want to say, uh, 
I'm, you know, I'm not big into, we're not big in the days, but I thank God for on January of next year, I think 14th of January, God filled me with the Holy Ghost 40 years, and I thank God for that. And I, I you know, old Baptist boy, I, I persecuted this way. I didn't understood it, but I thank God that he brought me to a people and, he, you know, he filled and get, you know, like I said, we got, I got the Holy Ghost, you know, long before I got here. And I thank God for that because if I didn't, I wouldn't have seen this people. So I thank God for that Holy Ghost. I know it's just uh, the beginning, and it, but it'll lead you into truth. And I thank God for the word of God. Amen.
I've got my mind made up and I won't turn back because I want to see my Jesus someday. I've got my mind made up and I won't turn back because I want to see my Jesus someday. Look, my world, I stay no longer with you. Look, my pleasure, I stay. But I am absolutely encouraged. We should be absolutely encouraged. Thinking about something Sister Debbie said, tied in with what Brother Felton said, and even the song we just sung is with the made-up mind. How it has to begin with the made-up mind. So we were singing a song. I thought about the three Hebrew men and Daniel. How they had already purposed in their heart that they wasn't going to eat the king's meat nor drink his wine. And so when the time came of testing, that, 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 that determination was already made before that test was put before them. The determination of what we're going to do when we're set at the king's court has already been determined. And so now when the when the, when the uh, uh, unit came and began to tell them what they had to eat and how they had to uh, be cheerful, their continents had to be merry or, or fat. Basically, that's what he's saying, just puffed up. A uh, king didn't want to see someone sitting before him or uh, presenting in front of him that, that looks starchy, look like you haven't been, you malnutritioned, you, you don't look favorable. You should, you should look like you exude a lot of, you've been living in my palace, so I've been taking care of you, and when I see you, you should look like I've been taking care of you. But they had already purposed in their heart. We're not going to defile ourselves because we serve a true and a living God. We serve the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. We have these laws and these dietary commandments that we can't defile it because if we defile it, we're defiling what God gave to his chosen people. So it's already made up in their mind what they was going to do and what they wasn't going to do. And so that, that, that was already purpose, Sister Cheryl. So when he came and they, they heard, he no doubt, he had a good presentation to eunuch is what I'm talking about. Hey, listen, sir, we understand everything you're saying. 
Let's try our God. We, we believe that our God is able. We believe that our God is faithful. We believe our God, he can actually sustain us. And not only sustain us, we'll look better than everyone else. And so the, the, the eunuch, it was really at the perils of his life. He said, okay. Set a time, set, set, a, set aside an appointed amount of days, 10 days, time of judgment. But those men, they didn't defile themselves. They didn't eat anything unclean. They didn't drink anything unclean. They just ate a little post, a little water. They ate according to the commandments that the Lord gave them to sustain them. What they knew that the, the Babylonians didn't know, the same God that sustained them in the wilderness would matter. Oh. What they didn't know, that was the same God. He began to talk about how their shoes didn't wax old oh. on their feet. Their garments, they, they, it, it didn't tear. It didn't, it, it, the, the garments didn't wax old. And so that's the same God that they were serving. The same one that caused rock, water to come out the rock, that's the one they were serving. The one that opened up the Red Sea, that's the one that they were serving. That's the one they had already purposed in their heart. We're not going to do anything to separate us between us and our God. And so you begin to see how when they came back, there was more, uh, if you could pull it up, I'm sorry, I could use a word, that continence. It was chariot or fetter is what it's actually saying. Uh, they appeared fairer and fatter in the flesh, and all the children would did eat the portion of the king's meat. And so, thank God, it's with a made-up mind. We don't have to do and have everything that the world is presenting out there, but look at the wisdom of God. When you look at his people walking in the word of God, you're looking at the wisdom of the Lord. You're looking at the wisdom of God being personified. Oh, what a great and unwise and understanding people. And so that was just one time. But this is the God we serve. He's now using that as an occasion. I've seen you. I saw you. I, 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 I see your dedication. I see the way that you, you believe and you trust in me. You're resting in me. Faith towards God. I see it. I see you actually moving in confidence, faith, forsaking all things. I trust him. I see how you believe in me. Yeah. And so there was another test. That's what Sister Debbie was speaking about. Number two, he lost his mind. That's okay. We all lose our minds from some time to time. If we had it in us, we'll build a statue too and say, come worship us. We do do that. We, yeah, we, 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 we do it with ourselves. This is my day. <laughs> uh. I'm not even talking about the birthday. I'm just about any day. It's a me day. And you need to tell me how good I am today. And so come and bow down and worship me. But anyway, that's not the story. That's not the subject. I'm sorry, Sister, Sister, Sister Debbie brought it up. But, uh, but when you think about it, he lost his mind. He said, when you hear all types of music, you heard everything but a trumpet, brother, felt. But you hear all this music, what you supposed to do? Bow down and worship. You just bow down and worship that image. Well, guess what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had already purposed in their heart. The same God that we served when we weren't eating the king's meat or drinking his wine, that's the same God that tells us to have no other God before us. So once again, you're going contrary to the laws of God. Everything else, I'm serving you. I'm doing all I can do. But here you go. You have created a commandment. And I understand this is at the perils of my life, but you've created a commandment, and I believe God. I believe God. I trust God. We trust God. So it wasn't they had a council together, oh, what are we going to do? 
When the music playing, brothers, what we gonna do? It was already purpose in their heart. We can't bow. And so then uh, they had the music, Nebuchadnezzar, no doubt, he, everybody bowing. There's three not bowing. Either he saw them or somebody told us. So, I mean, they really didn't want to bow either because they looking around to see what's going on. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he couldn't say they didn't hear the music. But, but he said, maybe you didn't understand the commandment. Maybe it's obviously there was a, a mistranslation. <laughs> maybe you, you don't know the tongue of the Chaldeans correctly, even though you've been learning it, but obviously you missed it. <laughs> you don't understand fire. You don't bow, go in. And then they say, King, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. Oh, then there's a reach. There's a ball begin to come up in Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, you're talking to me. Oh, you understood the commandment. What you're saying is you won't do it. And so he said, We're not careful to answer you in this matter. This day. That's what they're saying. We have a testimony of trusting in his word and his kept us. So Nebuchadnezzar, obviously, he's not, he's a king. Not just any king. He's a fearful man. Whom he would, he let him live. And who he wanted to kill, he slew him. And he didn't answer to God, no man. To be honest with you, the Lord gave you the acts of the Lord. So he got enraged. He said, let's do this one more time. I hear you. But what's the, let me use the cliche. Sorry. Actions speak louder than words. I hear what you're saying. But I done told you what's going to happen. And you know it might be a little delay. But when this music plays, the expectation is you bow down and worship this image. If not, you are going in the fire. So I heard you, but you, 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 you just excited. That's what people say sometimes when we testify. When we say, Lord, I'm willing to go. Oh, they was just excited. We say, Lord, I won't deny you. Oh, they was just excited. No, this is the life we choose to live. Because we made up our mind. We made up our mind. We not going back. We can't going back. Go back. There's nothing to go back to. It's from this order. <laughs> if I were one, where would I go, Lord? Where would I go? I guess... The world would take me back. Let me quote the song. I'm sorry. But thank God I'm glad. We're glad. We're off that track. We've had enough of sin. And we love this peace within. So keep me Jesus. Here in this order. For if I now, where would I go? Remember the apostles, the disciples. I'm sorry. When Jesus Christ began to tell them. He said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no life in you. He said, many of his disciples. And so that's not just people that's just part of the 5,000 or the 4,000 that he fed with the fishes and the loaves. But he said, many of his disciples, a disciple to qualify as a disciple, you have to be a disciplined follower. So these are those that followed the Lord. These are those that saw him cast out devils. They saw him do miracles. They, they actually followed him. Say, many of them went away sorry. Even that was too, now nah, this is a bit too much. And so Christ Jesus, he looked. So are you going to leave also? Thank God the Lord touched Peter's mind. Say, Lord, where will we go? Only you have the words to eternal life. 
And so what are we going to sell out for when we done found the place that had words to eternal life? And so we can't go back. Now going back to the three Hebrew men, the music played. And everyone, they bowed again, but those three didn't. Nebuchadnezzar was so upset, he heated up the furnace seven times hotter than what it ought to be. It was so hot, the men that, that he bound, I mean, that, that once uh, the three Hebrew men was bound, the ones, the officers, up to, to, to disclaim who it was, when they went to throw them in the fire, they got, got consumed with the fire. That's how hot it was. Nebuchadnezzar, no doubt, feeling good. Well, he's not feeling good, but he's feeling he's vindicated. He's exercised his wrath. How dare they? Who they think they are? They're just going to tell me they're not going to bow. You see these thousands, these multitudes, these nations, these kindreds, these tongues, they bowed and they're not going to bow? Looked over. Uh-oh. They had a question. Did I not throw three into the furnace? There's a fourth. First of all, I threw them in bound. They was bound up, Brother Brown. Head to toe. <laughs> Why? If you throw somebody in the fire, what you binding them up for anyway? <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry, I digress. But you threw them in the fire. They, not only are they not bound, they walking. And now when they walking, they walking in the light as his in the light. They having fellowship with someone. And so now it's not just three that's walking, it's four. And the fourth is like the son of God. went through anything. Don't smell like you know how much flesh stank when it burned. Only thing the fire did was loosen them. Only thing the fire did was allow them to walk about. So thinking not strange concerning the fiery trials, which you try you as though some strange thing has happened. And so things that are meant for destruction or even go to being destruction to those who do not have the promises of God. To those that have the promises of God, we go through the same thing that people in the world are going through. We have the same situations. We have the same circumstances. But we have a God who is able to keep us. We have a God who is able to deliver us. We have a God who is faithful. We have a God who can secure Jesus Christ. He's able to secure those who are tempted. And so he can begin to pour in the oil and the wine. And so while we're going through it, we don't have to complain. But thank God it's just burning off more things that's not like us that we can walk free. If burning those things off of us, then now we can make straight path for our feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. And so now we can actually walk upright as you go through things. David, he began to let us know. I'm sorry, I'm slow back down. I was doing good. I was really trying to keep myself slow. But David, what did he say? It was good for me that I was afflicted. And so because he was afflicted, he went through some things. He learned the Lord's statue. And so while we going through things, we actually learn the Lord's statue. And so now we can actually walk upright. We no longer have a bad understanding, Brother Elton. We no longer have an ignorant mind. Why? Because I'm learning his statue. And so now my sins won't separate me. And Isaiah says your iniquity is separated you between your iniquity is separated you between you. Your iniquity separated between you and your God. I'm going to get it all right. Thank you. And so I no longer have to have iniquity keeping me separated from the Lord. 
We no longer. Why? Because we're learning his statutes. We're learning to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. We're learning to do what please him and not to do the things that displease him. And so now we're walking upright. And so thank God is with the mind that's made up. It didn't stop there. It's throughout the Bible. You can see it. Look at Stephen as he was preaching. They begin to gnash up on him with, his te- with their teeth. He was preaching the word of God so strong, and it was so, um, it, it actually turned their hearts that the men got angry, but his mind was made up. I can't stop. The Lord is obviously walking with me as I'm walking through these scriptures and showing the nation of Israel who they were. So I understand you national for me, but I feel the spirit of the Almighty is telling me to keep going. And so I can't stop. So he kept preaching the word of God. You look at uh, David, not David, uh, Peter. I no doubt he said this tabernacle I must soon take off. He realized they was going to crucify him, but he still never denied Christ. Paul, he never denied Christ. Why? Because he realized it was with a made-up mind. It was already determined in his mind that I'm going on to see the Lord. And so, Brother Felt, we do have a hope. And it's not just living a good life, and that's part of it. That's great. But if, if, if we in this life only had hope in Christ Jesus, we would be of all men most miserable. But thank God there's a hope. There's a hope that we no longer have to have this nature put upon us that we have today, but we will be clothed with the house from above. That's our hope. And so that's why we're fighting. That's why we're striving. That's why we're contending. That's why we're taking off the nature of Adam and we're striving to put on the nature of Christ. But it's with the made-up mind. I don't have to make a decision every day when I wake up. Am I going to work? (laughs) That decision has already been made. When you're in school, you don't wake up deciding whether you're going to school. That decision is already made. The decision is already made that we are going to continue to work on ourselves, Brother uh, Shelby, until we overcome. That decision is made. It don't always feel good, but thank God, look at the fruits that it's going to produce in our life. So I just wanted to let the people of God know I'm encouraged. We're encouraged. We can make it. Just keep our mind made up. There's nothing to look to our left and to the right, but thank God, keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ. When you look at Peter, as he walked on the water, he seen Christ on the water. We see Christ. We see the life that Christ lived. We say, bid me to come, Lord. (laughs) We say, I want to go where you at, Christ. Bid me to come. And so we say, he said, come on. And so we start walking. We walking. Feeling good, brother brother Greg. (laughs) Then here come a wave. Life happens. And that wave coming, instead of looking at Jesus who bid me to come, he told me I can come, he started focusing on the wave. And so the more I focus on him, the further I'm getting away from looking at Christ. But thank God we haven't sunk so far, we can't say, save me, Lord. We can't say, help me, Lord. And the Lord, he's so gracious, he gives us a hand and begin to reach out and help us back up from the pit from which we fell, and we can continue to walk on with the Lord. So let's go on, people of God. Let's continue to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord.
someone. I was hoping that someone besides Brother LJ would feel the inspiration of the Almighty. Uh, this has been a really good day. Uh, it really has. And the thing that I always try to hear the voice of God and through your testimonies and through the songs of Zion, I was just thinking about a passage of scripture, very common, very familiar. Uh, Paul calls this, this way of thinking, this way of living, this level of dedication, use a very interesting term. He calls it your reasonable service. It's not that we've done anything special. It's not that uh, this is something forced upon us. But when you consider the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, you consider all the benefits of living this type of dedicated life. You take all of your sorrows and your grief. And uh, Isaiah said it gives you beautiful ashes. It's just our reasonable service. When you think about how we sow so little and we reap so much, as Sister Debbie said, we give them, uh, we tithe money. We don't teach tithing. We teach a percentage of faithfulness, which is all yours, not some of yours. Think about the way you give your energy and your time, your resources. But you think about it so little for what you're going to gain in return. What does that compare to eternal life? What does that compare to immortality? Or just to know how to go in and out? My God, this is but our reasonable service. Say reasonable. Reasonable means, forget my bad English, it means just makes sense. And I advocate this, if it doesn't make sense, it's not God. I don't believe in the hocus pocus and the, I don't believe in that spiritual voodoo. It has to be sound. Paul tells Timothy, speak those things that are sound doctrine. That something can be substantiated with book, chapter, verse in its proper context. And so this way of dedicating, commitment, being faithful, is just your reasonable service. And of course, I think that word, I'm listening to the meeting, listening to the words of exaltation, listening to what Brother LJ was saying. You know, when you think about uh, just back up a little moment. I have a few minutes. If you bear with me, give me 30 minutes. I think I'll, if God give me grace, I would like to see you inspired and motivated, but based on something you can point to, uh, something substantive. When you think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the points Brother LJ was making reference to that went, am I going too fast for the interpreters? No, they're interpreting for those who can't speak. Okay? Okay, just use the sign. Let me know to slow down. Those men had a reason to have such great confidence in God. Uh, first of all, it was of a natural pedigree, uh, and they was princes in Israel until the, iniquities of the, uh, the iniquity of the Israelites became so great there was no remedy that God sent in Nebuchadnezzar to destroy the city, to actually burn down the temple and to take them captive. They lived it. But during their lifetime, stop and think about this, they were living in the days of Jeremiah. I heard Jeremiah warn what was going to happen to his people. They, they heard that. They were living on that time. Uh, they saw Zedekiah and his rebellion before the city was burnt down. They watched how Nebuchadnezzar came in, as, as Jeremiah said he would, took that man captive, took his kids captive, killed his kids right in front of him, and then the last thing he saw was that because God then he put his eyes out. He saw that. He heard the prophets, and they, they listened to the prophets, and the Bible said, if you believe his messengers, the prophet, you shall prosper. So they had a testimony. And so when they got into captivity, by the time they came, they saw Daniel, how he was taken down, because he came down with them. But they saw before Daniel was taken down, 
and some men who went down before them like uh, uh, Ezekiel, and these men stayed faithful. So here they come into captivity. But before they got there, they remember what Jeremiah said. They remember what uh, Isaiah the prophet said. The Bible is, see, we don't believe in blind faith. Faith without book, chapter, verse is just voodoo. That's wishful thinking. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We need something put in front of us that the word of God promised, and we can hope for that. And so here they are. Those men before they even got there, because of what they experienced and what they saw with their own eyes. If you believe it's prop, prop, <laughs> prophets, you shall prosper. And see, when he got there, it was just a reasonable service. Just think about this. It just made sense. We've seen what happened to those who transgressed the laws of God. We saw those who kept the word of God. And before every one of us, there is an open door if we can see it. Watch the life of someone who's dedicated. Watch the life of someone who's half-dedicated. Watch those who walk contrary to the things of God. Watch their end. Watch those who submit themselves totally and watch their end. Give you a scripture. James put it this way. A double-minded man, he's unstable in what? All his ways. All his ways. Then he makes a declaration. Let not that man... A double-minded man think he shall receive anything. No deliverance, no healing, no quenching of the fire. He shall receive anything of the Lord. Are you listening to me, saints of God? And so when you begin to examine the ones who commit, total commitment, watch the ones who, forgive me for saying it, but they're tipping through the tulips. They don't know whether or not they want to go. They want to continue to go. Watch the lives of each. Watch what happens. And I'm going to give you, consider this. Consider this. God is an intelligent God. Today's turn, you may not say he's educated, he may not have the master of the PhD. Education is one thing. Intelligence is something else. They're not synonymous. You can educate someone who's not intelligent. They can learn to learn. But you can take an intelligent person, what separates them is an intelligent person has a sense of reasoning. I'm going to go back to that again. It's a sense of sound reasoning. Education just simply means you absorb knowledge. But it doesn't mean, you ever heard this term? I don't hear him anymore. My mother used to talk about this when I was a little boy. I was in school, and I got one day I got a little smoffy with her. I said, Mama, you quit in 11th grade. I'm already in 11. She said, all you're going to be is an educated fool. She told me that. You don't have enough sense to, <laughs> I won't tell you the rest of it, but you know, you're living off of me. You're living in my house. You just tell me that. That's my water you drink. That's my, that's my air. I say, God give you air. No air. God giving air is outside. This, this is stovebought air. She didn't use the term stovebought. This is air condition. So you breathe in my air. You don't have no sense. You just got an education. You didn't finish that yet. <laughs> and so the point I'm making is this. When I stopped and thought about what she said, it was reasonable. My education wouldn't make it a dollar. Information available. To be logical. Not emotional. Not religious, not hype, not psych. To be reasonable is a grace of God. God is an intelligent being, a high intelligent being. He has a, he has a moral character. And he gives man, when he made man, he made him in his own image and his own what? Likeness. God, man sinned, lost his image, but he kept his similitude or likeness. Which means, even without an education, and I advocate education, everyone who gets an education, you still should be reasonable in your thinking. You have to have a sense of reasoning. And if not, you'll never be Shaq, right, Meshach, and Abednego. You'll take the path of least resistance. But if you can reason based upon your observation, based upon your instruction, 
based upon the knowledge of the word of God, you process that in a logical way, you will come to the same conclusion. Serving God makes sense. And I don't know who can read the Bible, who can understand his ways and wouldn't love and serve a God like this. He's long-suffering. He's merciful. He's faithful. He's kind. He's gracious. It's not his will that any should perish. Sit down and consider that. This just makes sense. And I can sow sparrow. I can go to church on a Sunday. People do that all the time. Ease their conscience. But you know what? He that soweth sparingly, what's the rest of the scripture? He also reaps sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully, he give his best. He give his strength. He give his time. He give his energy. He give his resources without constraint. He don't try to vote with his attitude and vote with his presence vote with his money. Lord, I don't have a vote. I just want to go. And that type of attitude, sowing bountifully, as the song said, I give it all. I want to serve him. Why he said not with, I give him. My all and not just support. I'm misquoting the song. I know I am. Is that right? It's the same way. God doesn't want leftovers. If you sow sparingly, you re But if you sow bountifully, all of your energy, all of your time, all of your concept, everything I do in life interferes with my life. When I go wash my car, that's interfering. When I go on a job, that's a necessary evil. But I'd rather learn and walk and share the word of God. Everything else interferes. It means an evil, but it's a necessary evil because of the fall of Adam. I have to bear that. But this makes sense. Sowing into the kingdom of God, giving them your best, giving them your all. My God, it just makes sense. And so Paul himself, bear me for a moment. Uh, Paul himself, when he went, uh, every time he went to a city, the first thing he did was go to a synagogue. Go to the 17th chapter of the book of Acts. Uh, right in that first and second verse. Every time, and I want us to learn this. Because what you do when you come into contact with someone who's acting intelligently, who conduct themselves intelligently, you have to reason with them. As Shagrat, Meshach, and Abednego, as Daniel did. You want to reason with them. And Sister Debbie shared her testimony. It's just reasonable. Here we go. Uh, someone read for me, please. I need some water. Watching the clock, I'm going I'm to let you out at 12.30, 30, 11.30. I'm, I'm sorry, 1.30. Let me tell you what happened to me. I had a life-changing experience last Sunday. Uh, we, we're in the community. We don't know one, so we reach out to try to meet and know as many people as possible. And Brother Jacoby met this pastor who came to the car lot to buy a car. They forgot about the car and spent two hours riding around the city. Brother Jacoby took him over to where we worship. And the pastor took him over to his church. They're just breaking bread. Uh, Brother Jacoby, I mean, he's so enthusiastic. He won this pastor. And so on his way back to the car, I had to get this man his car. He calls me on the phone and tells me about this man. His name is Bill. He's a pastor. And so he put him on the speakerphone. Well, I don't know the man like you do. I'm not excited. I'm excited because you're excited. But I don't know the guy. Oh, Brother Brown, he's a good man. Here he is. I want you to talk to him. He's good. I don't know if he's good or not. I never talked to him. So in a conversation, I say, look, I'm... I just got off the airplane, um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of some business, give me a couple of days to settle in, and I'll call you. And I did. And so the guy's enthused because of Brother Jacoby, and he, he uh, wants me to spend some more time with him. So Grace and I, it's church. This is what he told me. He said, what time do you all start? I said, 12 o'clock noon. He said, I can get you there on time. I said, what time do you start? We start exactly 1045, and we stop at exactly 12, I mean 1130. I said, that's 45 minutes. That's not even possible. He said, yes. Start at 1045, 45 minutes you'll be out. And you're only 15 minutes from my church to your church. I said, how do you know? Because Brother Jacoby let me see your church. It went in it. So I go to this church. Sister Alice, 
It started at exactly 10.45. At exactly 11.38, he went eight minutes over, but he didn't. It, it stopped at 11.30, but it was a sister who was in school. It's a college town. He explains the college town. His sister going to Colorado. It took eight minutes to give us some accolades. 45 minutes. I sit down and scratch my head. Lord, it takes us 45 minutes to find a channel. So I'm going to look at this clock and tell you at exactly 1.30, I'm going to let you all out. You believe I can do it? Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> that you, you, don't have, you don't have no confidence. 11.30, well, I mean 1.30. If he can do it, I can too. The 45 minutes I can't do, but I can. It's 15 minutes, it's to a script. They start singing at 10.45. They sing exactly 30 minutes. That's what they did. They stopped singing at exactly 11.15. He gets up at 11.15, and he's guaranteed to be finished by 11.30. 15 minutes. Kid you not. Everything was already prepared. He began to talk. They put a scripture up on the board before he's going to say next, and sure enough, he reads the scripture. I say, look at this. And it wasn't boring. It wasn't dry. And the point was made. And it was dismissed. Now, mind you, it wasn't much of a point. But it was made, though. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of scriptures, but it had at least three. Bible, Jesus said about two or three witnesses. They had three witnesses, so you couldn't argue with his point. Uh, <laughs> Brother Brown, well, everybody has something. And you, when you go places, you try to gleam the good. Anybody can criticize and find fault. Go looking for good. If you're looking for a fault, you're going to find a fault, and you're going to miss whatever good they have. The, the good I got is this man is so disciplined, and the church is so disciplined. Now, I don't believe in being governed like that, but it's wonderful you that disciplined. Uh, and the, the thing I'm hearing this morning, listen to Sister Debbie, listen to Brother LJ, listen to Brother Elton. This makes sense. Uh, the order of God, the word of God, the free movement of the spirit makes sense. It's logical, and it's only when someone is in their feelings. When you're in your feelings, you're in your flesh. That's the only time that you're illogical if you're a student of the Bible. You're not dictated by our emotions. Your emotions produce a disposition that's called a spirit. Our job is to rule our, he that ruled not his own spirit, like a city without walls and torn down, or torn down without walls. Uh, better is he, listen to these scriptures, pull them up for me. I don't think I'm just talking. He that have no rule over his own spirit. That's your disposition. When you hurt, you pout, or you mouth off, and you say anything, you're like a city that's broken down and without protection, without wall. Uh, better, is he that, better is he that rule his spirit than he that take it a city. And so you can't let your spirit rule you. You have to rule your spirit. It just makes sense. It's okay to be sad, but don't mean you have to have a sad countenance. You can be sad and not show it. You can be hurt and not show it. That's ruling your disposition, ruling your spirit. And so how I go in and out among the people of God, I have to first be to govern myself. It just make sense. And the whole Bible, from the beginning all the way to Revelation, is written to people. I want you to get this term. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like Daniel. Did you get this term? The Bible is written to reasonable people. If any time I'm unreasonable, I'm outside of the audience of God. I can't Brother Brown, what if I got homonia problems? Brother Brown, what if I have psychological issues? 
Jesus Christ showed you those things. He first calmed the methanemies of the people. He first dealt with that which caused them to be irrational, which caused them to be unreasonable. He had to deal with that because you can't hear this in an unreasonable state. Are you following me, saints of God? You have to be able to sit down on green grass. Green represents life and hear the words of God. So I have to settle my spirit. I have to settle my mind. I have to be reasonable. And any time you're talking, teaching, or preaching someone who's ill, I use the biblical term, unreasonable, you're casting your pearls before swine. They're not in the right state. They can't hear you. Are you listening to me, saints? So the first thing you do is you do as Paul did. I was going to this. I'll go to Acts chapter 17, verse 1. Start in verse 1. Someone read for me. Remember Daniel, Shagrat, Meshach, and Abednego. Those men, these men was reasonable men. They, was, they, they considered what had been shown and what had been taught and what happened when you didn't do it. You've been, if you're over 15 years old, you've seen people come and you see some couldn't make it. You've seen what caused someone not to make it. Then you watch their life. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you better for being here or are you better leaving? If you better leave, you should leave. But I promise you, if you sit down in this kingdom of God, let this word of God pound your ears for six months, you will not be to compare your life. You won't be to deny that I'm better than I was before I came. It's only if you're unreasonable. And if you're not, un if you're not, if you're un unreasonable, it's, that's the way I'm going to live, this is the way I think, I don't care what nobody else say, you're unreasonable. If I can't consider something better, I don't care what good I have in my hand, I say this all the time, don't let your good be a what? Enemy to your best. I don't care what I know, I'll stop and listen to you. If you may know something more clear than I do. I don't have anything so dear to me, brother, I wouldn't give it up for something better. That's just being reasonable. And so if a person won't change or won't consider, they're going to believe what they believe, think the way they think, live the way they live. You're dealing with an unreasonable person, stop talking. There's nothing to talk about. Until you can become reasonable, I can't talk to you. So here it is, verse 1. Are you with me, dear saints? Thank God for Shagra. Those Obama say those things are examples. That's what they are, written for our learning, for our admonition, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. Let's read. Come on. And when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica this where is, it was. This is Paul in his uh, reaching out to establish churches. But the first thing he did before he established a church, he went to where the people of God, that at one time was the people of God were. He went to the synagogue. If you want, and I tell the brothers in, uh, in St. Marcus, you got to make your presence known. You can't preach to chairs. Nobody in this town knows you. All, every one of you are transplants. You've moved here, you buy homes, you got jobs, but you're transplants. The first thing to do is to make your presence known. People looking for God goes to church. You don't look for God in a nightclub. You're looking for a high. You're not looking for God at a football game. You're looking for entertainment. If you want to find people looking for God, you go where they gather, they go to churches. Conduct yourself wisely. And uh, they'll give you an audience. When they give you an audience, eventually, then you should speak out of the word of God with some sense of uh, benefit. What's the benefits in serving God? What's the benefit of going to work? I get a check. What's the benefit of going to the doctor? I keep my health. I hate dentists, but I went to the dentist twice. Why do you went to the dentist? I'm trying to keep my teeth. And so people trying to be saved, they go to church. And so if you're looking for God's people, you're going to find them in a house of worship. And your job is to add, not to take away. 
And so let's read this. Follow me, saints of God. It's just reasonable. And everybody doesn't have a reasonable sense of, um, of, of thinking. Some people are just religious. You're unreasonable. Some people are just traditional. You're unreasonable. I love you, but I can't reason with you. Let's read verse 2. And Paul, as his manner was, went in underline, unto them. Underline these terms. As his manner, that means his manner of living, was he went unto them. Where did he go to? To the Jews. To the and, synagogue. Go ahead. And three days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. There it is. Another term just came to me. But he reasoned with them. He's showing you the benefit of giving up the law of Moses. Coming from under the old covenant to coming into this wonderful this gracious kingdom of God where everything in here is better. Better hope. Better resurrection. A better prophet. A better priesthood. He's reasoning with them. And so he's sure you served the old covenant. You served the covenant God made with the nation of Israel. But that was just a schoolmaster to bring you to Christ. To bring you to this good day. And everything here is better. It's everything better. This God was written for your mental health. Written for your physical help. Written for your financial help. Your, your, uh, your career help. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is in this book. Is in this order. I say, I want to be reasonable and accept that. I don't care how good you are, but this is a better way. It can get you even higher. I don't care how high you are, but this will bring you even higher. I don't care what you hope is, but this is a better, better hope. Established upon better promises. Amen. Amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw that. Those men in the old covenant who suffered loss. Even Abraham gave up his, all that he had and inherited from his father. Went to a land that's not his. The Bible says they did do such, they seek the kingdom. If uh, they'd been my, a country, if they'd have been mindful of the country which they came out of, they might have had occasion to return. But when you find something better, there's no sense going back. The song is, I won't go back. I can't. What's that song? I can't and listen to listen to the Florida meeting. This is not orchestrated between us and that particular church. I love them. We don't orchestrate. We just move by the Spirit of God. But listen to the song. Listen to the testimony. Listen to the exaltation. The Lord is saying something. He's not just talking to be talking. A reasonable man would try to connect the dots. What is the Lord saying? And the song. Give me the words of that song again. It's the same message. Goodbye, world. I say no. That just makes sense. I was in the world. I've lived both sides of the track. When I lived an ungodly or uh, common life, all I had was misery and agony and heartbreak and suspicion. The Bible says the wicked flee when no man pursue. When you're living wrong, you're nervous. You're always thinking somebody, I threw some paint on a man's house, wouldn't pay my father. I told you all that. Forgive me. I wasn't saved. I was 24 years old. So I'm blaming on my youth. But do you know Brother, all night long I'm sitting there wondering what he's going to do with me. He's going to get me back. My wife is sitting there. We was living in Carriage Cove in a mobile home. And if you've been in a mobile home park, even Carriage Cove, they're pretty close. And so I heard somebody outside rumbling. I said, oh, man, that's him. He done got my license plate and tracked me down. That's him. That's him. So I got up. Grace in the bed. I don't want to know what I did. So I got to get up and handle business. So I get up. I get my gun. Long rifle. I mean, old long single shot. Man, if I miss, I was going to be in trouble. <laughs> this, I'm not making this up. You can't make this up. And I'm easing up to the door. I hear the man in the, uh, right behind me. He come to get me. And so I kick my door open. Don't you move. The man said my leg was cut off. It's a neighbor. I didn't know it. I'm just trying to get back up. The wicked flee and no man pursue. 
I live that life. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no security. What a horrible life to live. And every day was the same. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. A reasonable person said, that's enough of this. I had enough of this. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't keep doing this. Thank God for the peace of God. Great peace have they which love thy law. That's the word of God. And nothing that is in that law shall offend them. Whatever I have to give up, I'll give it up. Anger, matter, strife, backbiting, give it up. Amen. The blessing of the Lord make it rich, and he added no sorrows. What a better life. Any reasonable person would conclude this is the way to live. If there was no hope of eternal life, I still would live this life. It's the benefit of life that now is and that which is to come. Hallelujah. It just make give me that verse back again. He reasoned with them until he found Brother Michael. They weren't reasonable people. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them in three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the scriptures. Reason with them. He give you examples. He give you book, chapter, verse. Look at people's lives. Look at the one who strayed. Look at the one who stayed. Look at the one who went half in. You only get as much as you sow. The Bible put it like this. Paul said, be not deceived. Whatsoever man, God is not marked. I mean, you can't make a fool out of him. Whatsoever man soweth, that he's going to reap. If I sow half-heartedly, I'm going to reap half-heartedly. If I sow my best, I'll get my best. I want the best from God. What about you? To get the best, I got to give him my best. Are you listening to me, precious saints? A reasonable person can conclude that. Uh, Brother Mikey makes another statement in the 18th chapter. He uses the same terminology. He re again, he goes to another city, and he reasoned with them. And that's 8 and 17, 16, somewhere in the middle of the chapter. Here we go. Thank you. 18, 19. And he came to Ephesus and left him there, but he himself entered into the synagogue. There we go again. What did he do? Reason with the Jews. He tried to reason with them, but he wasn't effective. I think it's again. If you put it in the fourth verse, put it up for me, please. I want you to watch this pattern. I'm giving you two or three witnesses, and but you can only reason with reasonable people. If a person is full, look what Jesus Christ says. They're full. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it wasn't Jesus. As Matthew says, quoting, he said, the full soul, he sent away what? Empty. But the hungry soul, he filled with good. So if someone is already full of ideologies and theology, you're wasting your time. They're full. You ever seen someone who's stuffed and you try to give them something? You can't eat nothing else. And so it's unreasonable to cast your pearl before swine, give it which is holy to someone who's full of vomit. That's what dogs do. They vomit. The Bible says they turn around and lick it up. Uh, but listen to this. Come on, let, let's go back. Let's, let's press that full verse. I want you to get, he, listen to this. See, he, here's what Shadrach did. Meshach, Abednego, they paid attention to the prophets. They watched the one who hearkened to the prophets. They looked at the ones who didn't. Remember that. They kept that. And so when they go into Babylon, I'm not going to do like Zezekiah. I'm not going to do uh, like all these rebellious ones. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to submit myself. By the way, these men was all of the royal seed. They was all noble men, but they humbled themselves as servants. Come on, let's read, Brother Michael. 
And he reasoned in the synagogue every there Sabbath every and persuaded Sabbath. the Jews and the Greeks. How did he do it? He reasoned out of the word of God. And so when that scripture says, and Paul says, I beseech you by the mercy of God, hope God give you the mercy to see it, that you present your body. That's your hands, that's your tongue, that's your feet. You present your body, what? Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your what? Reasonable service. It makes sense to rejoice. It makes sense to clap. It makes sense to testify. It makes sense to sing. It makes sense to give you energy, give you strength, give you time. It's just reasonable. Here's the problem. Paul went from city to city. That's right. We're going to give you some more, but I'm on, on the clock. This is from experience, and I've gone in and out many churches. Paul learned something, and I did too. I think it's Thessalonians. Is that 2 Thessalonians 3? He said, that, pray that God will deliver me from unreasonable men. All men have not faith. Unreasonable people is someone who's religious. It's someone who they worship the creature more than the creator. Why do you worship the creature? Full of your own thoughts, your own ideas. That's a religious mind. You think, you think you're God. Uh, here it is. That's a thank you. And that verse 1, so they can read it. Verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us. Listen, the us is Paul, Silvanius, Timotheus. These are the men who travel with him and his desire to see people built into the Christ. He said, pray for us, because we've been doing this for many years. We've been doing this over and over. But we're having problems when I go to the synagogues. We have problems when we go to the religious setting. I find people there who can't listen to reasoning. Read this. That the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Listen to this. And that we, be, we may be delivered from unreasonable. I want you to get this. Unreasonable. I mean, you said that we, say it with me, that we what? May, may be, be delivered, delivered from what? Unreasonable. Unreasonable and, and wicked, wicked men. Put their own thoughts, their own ideas, their own agenda, their own ideology above the word of God. And that's just downright unreasonable. That makes no sense whatsoever. You don't have to live everything. Watch other people's lives. The Bible says a wise man's eyes is in his head. Not in your feelings, not in your emotions. You're paying attention, observe life. You'll learn something from just observation. Some things come from experience, and other things come from counsel. But just pay attention. Mark, the Bible says, Mark the perfect man. What is that? Uh, Psalms 27, 37, 37, 37. Mark the perfect man. The perfect man means somebody's heart is perfect toward God. Don't mean they don't make mistakes. Don't mean they don't come up short, but they got a perfect heart toward God. When he corrects them, they'll take it. When he shows them themselves, they don't ignite, deny themselves. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright. For the end of that man is what? I can't hear you. The end of that man is what? Peace. Watch someone who submitting to the word of God. Submit to the order of God. Submit to the ministry of God. Watch them. You know, that man is peace. But here's the problem. The path of a just man. Get that Proverbs 4, 6, 17. 4, 17 first. It's 18. 4, 18. I'm sorry. The path of a just man is as a what? The more that you reason, the more that you pay attention, the more you can see to reason with. You just learn something from observation and experience. And so the path of a just man is as a shine. I can see. But it starts getting brighter and brighter. I see what happens when I deviate. I see what happens when I don't deviate. I see when I give it all, and I see when I give a part. Thank you, Lord. I'm learning from observation and experience. 
I'm 64 years old. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm glad to say it. 64 years old. I thank God I've been paying attention. I'm not asleep at the steering wheel. I'm not wondering and blundering my way around. Some things I learn from experience. Some things I learn from other people's experience. I watch you. I see what it brings you. Oh, God, help me not to go the wrong way. Where would I go? What could I say? I know better. He showed me better. It's one thing to error is something else to willfully sin. To willfully. Let me read this. Not that you don't make mistakes. You can make some horrible mistakes. But every time you make it, you'll say, Lord, I'm wrong. This is not right. Don't make a league with ignorance. Don't make a league with unreasonableness. Every time you do wrong, say, Lord, this, I told you, Brother Michael, I couldn't stop cursing. I said, only manifested sin in my life after the Lord saved me. Filled with the Holy Ghost, I had a foul mouth. And when the Lord saved me, I didn't have no problem quit cheating on taxes. I had no problem quit being an herbalist. Gave up the Jack Daniel. I didn't drink Jack Daniel too much when I drank Ripple. Bad dog, MD. But Brother Michael, I had no problem with none of that. It was that cursing. And that was resident in me because I was around it so long. But the only way I broke it, every time I cursed, I would say, God, forgive me, I'm wrong. I'll say it openly. And people I'm upset with and I'm cursing them, then I got to stop and say, Lord, forgive me, I'm wrong. I lowered myself, and now they won the argument. And it was so humiliating. It was so embarrassing. But nothing else wouldn't stop me. I had to put my foot on my neck. I had to smite myself, correct myself, rebuke myself, withstand myself. I don't know if I got delivered because God had mercy or because I got tired of being shamed. But it made sense that what I was doing wasn't working to do something else. Telling the Lord I'm sorry wasn't stopping me. It took more than that. And because of that, you hear me, if I do something, I'll tell the church this is what I did. If I'll give myself room to change. And I don't change. I don't stop. And I see I'm having trouble stopping. Tell on yourself. Now everybody looking at you. Uh, where's Sister Michelle at? Yeah, Sister Michelle told me, say, Brother Brown, I can tell when you're finna say something, you're upset. So how you tell you? Say, you draw back and raise your eyebrow. So you don't see me doing it no more. Now it's going to just seep out my pores. When I catch myself stepping back, I realize that's my spirit getting ready to say something hard. I caught myself. And I appreciate her telling me that. So I told you she told me that. So you don't catch me stepping back. Here's the point. If you're serious about what you're doing and you can't change yourself, you're not judging yourself. You're not, uh, what's the right word? Judge yourself, you should not be judged. You're smiting yourself. You're making a league with yourself. That's unreasonable. Let's finish these scriptures up. I got, I got 13 minutes. Think about Shack Rack. Think about uh, Meshach and Benigo. Think about those men, the things they observed, the impact it had on their life. Uh, and so when those men was departed, and this is what Solomon, by the way, the book of Proverbs is a book of observations. It's not all inspiration from the Lord. Some of it is just observation. And because the observation was truth, there's only one truth. God uses that. And so Solomon wrote by not just inspiration, but by observation. Here's something he observed. He said, you've trained up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they won't depart. Well, that's true to a certain extent. What they won't depart from, don't mean they don't depart from doing right. But they won't depart from what they've heard. And every time they're doing wrong, you know you did wrong. You know you're doing wrong. It may not make you do right, but you know you're doing wrong. 
So you know you're out of your mind. And so you train. That's what we do with these young people. We pound their ears with the word of God. That don't mean they won't ever deviate, but they won't deviate with peace. You know, my mother's been deceased and uh, for three years almost. You know, I still hear her. I still hear her voice. I leave my shoes out in the floor because she's not there to make me put them up. And I get up in the middle of the night and look at those shoes in the floor. I can hear her voice. I can hear her voice. It's not a scripture, but she thought it was. Godliness, cleanliness is next to godliness. I have to get those shoes up because I can't shake her voice. It's wrong to do that. Dishes. I got to wash the dishes. Every dish got to be washed. I, I can't get this woman out of my head. And she's dead and gone. But the things that she taught me, I can't depart from it. I may disobey it, but I hear it. And so your labor is not in vain. Range the children up in the fear of the Lord. They may deviate, but they won't do it with peace. It's going to torment them. It's going to trouble them. You can't shake that. And they know they're being unreasonable. I wasn't raised like this. That's what I would tell myself. I wasn't brought up like this. I'll give you a passage of scripture. God is this way. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. God is not just telling you to do right. He's not just telling you to be holy and to be upstanding. He gives you the benefits. He gives you the consequences of not living this way and show you the benefits of living. Then let you choose. Let you reason that out. He's a reasonable God. and he, His people are reasonable people. Amen. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And he had a reason because Israel was full of problems. He said, from the top of the head to the soles of the feet, they're full of putrefying sores. That's idols. He said, an ass. Uh, he, said the, uh, he said, an ox knows his crib. And an ass, uh, ox knows his master. And an uh, uh, ox knows his crib. He, but, yeah, but my people, get that from me first. I'm, I'm pushing that scripture up. Verse 3. I want you to get this. The ox knows his owner. That's it. And the ass, that's a jackass. He knows his master crib. But Israel, do not know. My God, my people... Do not consider. What do you mean consider? They're not reasoning. They're not paying attention. They're not thinking about these things. Verse 4, real quick. Please stay with me here for a moment. I don't need but a few more minutes. It was a sinful nature of people laden with iniquity. Look what he calls them. A seed of what? They're my children, but they are corruptors. They have, let me hear you say it, forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backwards. Not considering the end. Not considering the end. And I won't read all of it. Go down to verse 18 now. And even then, Brother Greg, his hands still were stretched wide. It made sense just to repent and come back. Listen, come now, let us do what? He's talking to Israel. He's talking to this nation that was woefully given over to idolatry and wickedness. He's still trying to reason with them. What has this gotten you? Look at your state. Look at your condition. My God, but look at the ones who stayed faithful. Look at a Daniel. Look at Shadrach. Look at uh, Meshach. Look at Abednego. Look at these men. Let me tell you about those men. They weren't just anybody. The king realized these men are not just anybody. They'll suffer what they believe. He made them become princes in Babylon. They were leaders and rulers because God blessed their efforts to stay faithful. Even the king, Nebuchadnezzar, recognized it. Amen. We're on a job. We don't steal time. We don't cheat. We don't milk the clock. We're going to give you a day's work for a day's pay, everything you paid for with a little something extra. And because that's our reasonable service. How can I ask God to bless me, but I'm not blessing the one I'm under? 
when you're on a job, that man is over. That woman, a man is over you. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. They say, oh, that's, that's bowing down. That's to have an integrity. It's not for sale. 30-minute lunch means 30-minute lunch. Don't mean 35 and head back. It means 30 minutes. When 30 minutes is up, we on the job. We back on the station. There's nothing in your store that we want. If we want it, we'll buy it. We don't steal. We don't cheat. We don't beat. We don't take the path of least resistance. That's my reasonable service. Amen. I don't like the job. Work on it like you do like it. Be faithful in what you have, and God will give you what you desire. It's an order to this. Don't look for something for nothing. We don't tip through the tune Don't take the path of least. Anybody can cheat and get a little something extra. Anybody can beat and grease their palm, but it's going to cost you your walk with God. It ain't worth that. I say it's not worth that. A little bit of what you're going to receive or what you give up. Brother, that's an unwise and an unreasonable person. Think that way. Come, let us. I'm here. Read it with me, please. Come, let us what? Let's reason together, said the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet. It means scarlet is red. It's staying out. It's blatant. And though they be, uh, they shall be white as snow. God will make them obliviate. He'll beat the wickedness out of you. And though they be red like crimson, that's a stone, an uh, uh, insect, they shall be as wool. Typical wool is white. You do have some black sheep. Uh, but typically it's, it's making rough than that, which is white. It's clean. So God is a reasonable God. His people are reasonable people. Our action has to be reasonable action. We're not insensuous. We don't get caught up in emotion and feeling. I'm going to stop. I got six minutes to spare. I told you I can make it. If it doesn't make sense, if you're being unreasonable, if I can't get you to see you're unreasonable, you have to stop. Because otherwise, you're casting your pearls. You're giving it which is holy. Casting your pearl before swine. This is a mean scripture, but he wrote it for a reason. It's in there for a reason. So see if you're talking to someone who's trying to be reasonable. Whatever your life, whatever your decisions, whatever it brought you. If you're not happy with what your, the fruits of your thinking has produced, then think differently. Here's a way to think. I can promise you this produced fruits. Amen. I'm going to stop there. I'm not finished, but that's enough. It'll come back around again at some point. But that song, I keep forgetting it. I'm going to give them my all and not just a part. That makes sense. White people give them a part. That's all you get from God is just a part. I want it all. I want the life that now is and that which is to come. Amen. So God bless every one of you. I want you, oh, we got a special guest, Brother Shelby's mother. Can you please stand? God bless you. Say hello to the people of God. Your son. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. People of God, I'm so happy to be here with you this morning. I've watched you at pretty much every Sunday, but I've never had the chance to be here. I thank God that I can be here this morning. I want to thank the people of God. Thank Brother Brown. Thank God. If the kids came to this area and didn't find the kids, if they didn't find the encouragement they needed, they wouldn't have stayed. I thank you for your help and all that you did for them. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank there's nothing that you do for God's people that he won't repay you for. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you again and again. You did the work that God gave you to do. Let's stay together. I want to quote Revelations 3 and 11. Stay in God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Good job, sis. <laughs>
she plucks it down with her own hand. Why would you despise or speak ill against the ministry that brought you to where you are? It's just unreasonable. Why would you despair that which brought you up? Uh, my mother, God bless her memory. I'm going to have to see if she did both good and bad. I focus on the good because she brought me to whatever good point she could bring me. And for the bad, that's between her and God. But I think on her for the good. That's just reasonable. I could find fault in her, but why would I want to do that? I mean, what what that what, what that's going to add to me to find fault in her? Our God, she birthed me. She clothed me. She raised me. She fed me. When I was thirsty, she gave me drink. What more could she correct me when I was wrong? I, the rest of it, that's between her and God. She blessed me all the days of my life. Amen. So this New Testament church, this is our mother. I wouldn't do anything to hurt her. I wouldn't do anything to despair her. If I see her next, I'm going to clothe her. If I see something she don't understand, I'm going to teach her. I don't want to rail on them or talk bad about them. God bless his wonderful people. Amen. And thank God for the ministry. It feeds me. It clothes me. I'll never, ever speak ill against that which is providing for me. The foolish woman. Woman, that means someone under subjection. So don't speak evil of those that God has given authority over you. Honor them. Respect them. I don't mean for myself. I'll take care of me. I mean the brethren. Anything, it's just unreasonable. Amen. God bless you. It's been a good day, hasn't it? And when you walk in, always say, Lord, what's my takeaway? Anytime you come, you're going to take something out those doors that you didn't come with. That's what we, that's our job is to add to you. You render your best to the Lord, and the Lord will reward you with his presence. Give you knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Amen. So we haven't taken prayer requests. It's a beautiful congregation today, isn't it? It really is just wonderful. God bless every one of you. Two guests back there. I never asked nobody who you were. I already know who you are. Um, guarantee you, one of you from Boutique. Raise your hand if you from Boutique. Now, how did I know that? Never laid eyes on you in my life. I don't think I have. I think I got you right. How did you do that? I smelt it. God bless you. So glad you're here. I went back when you... Dear saints of God was rejoicing. And it looked like y'all was a little bit unreasonable. Were y'all jumping around? Went back into them. Don't pay them no mind. They're crazy. Didn't I tell you that? And she responded, sister to my left, she said, yeah, crazy in a good way. I don't mind losing my mind for Christ. Bible called that being beheaded so that he can put his head on you. Amen. So I'm glad you could see that. But she said that went on back to hopping myself. <laughs> Amen. God bless all of you. Let's pray for the dear people of God who are afflicted. Uh, Sister Pam has surgery, very serious surgery, uh, Tuesday. May God keep her. Remember her for the good. She's a wonderful sister. I have nothing but high praise for Sister Pam. I watch her come in one way. I watch her submit. I watch her obey. That is her husband. As her husband obeyed the ministry, look at what God has done with her life. Wonderful sister. Let's pray that God remember her for the good. And Brother Russell, he having a this is a sinus infection, but it's not a good time. He got to care for his wife. Uh, I want to see him heal so he can wash them dishes for her. We can mop that floor for her and wash them clothes for her. And you see Brother Russell doing that? Yes. I believe Brother Russell loved his wife and loved the order of God enough. He'll wash the dishes while his wife is sick. He'll wash the clothes, sweep and mop the floor. If you ask me about Brother Elton Harris, that might be another story, but I believe Brother Russell can do it. We're going to keep working on you. I bet, where's sister, where's the wife? I bet she's saying amen now. Where is she? 
Amen. That's our job. We're in this together. The wife is your spouse. That's not your servant. She serves you. You serve her. And no king tucks in the kingdom of God. No kings over him. But one king, and that's Christ. Everybody else, we labor together. That all right, saints? Even if it's not, it's the truth. It will have to be all right if you're reasonable. So let's pray for Brother Pam, Sister Pam, and Brother Russell, please. Also, uh, there's an outbreak. I'll use the word outbreak, but there's an infestation of the COVID-19. This is where Brother Isaiah is. He's got tested positive COVID, as well as he and Sister Rachel. They don't know where it came from. I don't know who gave it to who, but it doesn't matter. I told him this last night. It doesn't matter. You have it. And so we don't care where it came from. He's just trying to send it to the right place. Let it go back to the pits of hell where it came from. God is not the author of that kind of thing. It comes from something else. We don't want that. You say, well, God put, God does not. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Why would he heal you? He put it on you. What is that, Exodus 15? Uh, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. He put none of these evil diseases upon you that he put on the Egyptians. He don't put that on God's people. We may contaminate it. It contaminated, but God didn't put that on us. And if you thought that God put it on you, why are you going to the doctor? That's unreasonable. You don't believe you're saying that. Amen. Okay, I'm going to stop melting. Uh, let's pray for the people of God near and far. Sister Tiffany, I definitely want to forget her. What a wonderful young lady. God bless her. She works vigilantly, diligently. I mean, I've never had to correct her for uh, saying something that's going to cause so, so and sees a discord. Not one time. She doesn't gossip. She doesn't backbite. She doesn't whisper. She upholds the ministry. She's faithful. She's dedicated. She's loyal. She gives her time, her energy, her finances, her strength. Oh, God, remember her for the good. Amen. I'm not making these things up. These are just some princes of people. Princess and princess. That's what they are. Can't convince me differently because I'm around them all the time. I know them. Not to see. God bless them. So let's pray for Sister uh, Tiffany, please. Tiffany Scott. God bless her. Her father is here, by the way. I want to go by and see him before I leave town. Yes, brother. You're going to be leaving. I want to commend you. You don't lost a lot of weight. Only problem I find with brother, we tell the good and the bad. I don't know what they did to him on that plantation. They mess you up. The darker you get, the more he works. I said, Brother Elton, I must have told him four times. I said, Brother Elton, you got to stop this. Come on in and eat. I just give me a few more minutes. Brother Elton, you got to stop, man. It's, it's, it's 7.30. We try to eat at 6. I'm coming in. 40 minutes later, I said, Brother Elton, look, I told you. Seriously, you got to stop this now. You got you to stop and come on in. Just let me finish this. I went and told this a great boy, that plantation. You can get him off the plantation, but I don't know how we're going to get that plantation out of him. Man, in case you don't know, Abe Lincoln will set you all free. My Lord, man, come off that plantation. Quit that, man. You can't make him stop it. We got to have a long talk, Brother Elton, me and you. I hear you. <laughs> I'm tired. I said to myself, I told Grace this, man, I'm not going there with Brother Elton. You're talking about God holy, brother. I got to read my Bible. I ain't stopping. <laughs> I ain't about to stop. But then we got to have a talk. You're a killer, man. You're a killer employee. Oh, you, you got to talk, man. Seriously. 
He's off the, I want you to rehearse it every morning. I'm off the plantation. I'm off the plantation. I'm off the plantation. Say that to yourself every day. I'm off the plantation. I'm off. Yeah, okay. Let's pray for Brother Elvin. He's a good man. He's got to get that plantation out of him. You know these brothers scared of you. When you say, Brother Brown, can you send somebody over to help me? I called brothers. Who you say going to be there? Brother Elvin. I am Brother Brown. I'm obligated. <laughs> Brother Elvin, we got to talk, brother. You're a good man. But I can't get that plantation out of you. Are you going to repent? Stand up. Stand up, James. I'm sorry. You repent? Brother. <laughs> I didn't make this up. No, he'll run it from you. He and his helper. No, you ain't no run away but run from you, though, brother. No, brother, brother, they don't mean that. Go, when it's dark, people go home. It get dark, you get energized. And we got to have a talk. Your wife is watching Boscast. She know I'm telling the truth. I guess she's watching. She know you. Brother, when people go home at five. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. And we, now, everybody knows we're watching you. Everybody's heard you. We did this openly because I talked to you in private. It wouldn't work. Open, open rebuke is better than secret love. I've told you to be done and you work people too hard. You work too hard. You got to stop that. You're a good brother. I find no fault except you work us too hard. Now, yeah. Five o'clock, we stop. Let me hear you say it. That's what I thought. You ain't ready yet. Keep praying for him. All right, that's enough. Now, I'm quite serious. It may be joking, but I am serious. You lighten up on yourself, you lighten up on others. As long as you keep pushing yourself, you can't help but push others. I had to learn that. I pushed myself too hard. I had to lighten up on me, so I could lighten up on others. I lighten up. Amen. Okay. Uh, how many have special unspoken? Oh, by the way, besides not working enough and working too much, I prefer to ditch you in. I prefer the ditch that you're in. So ditch on the other side of the road. We try to be balanced. But if I had to choose between not working enough and working too much, I'd rather take working too much. You can always prune that back. But if a person is lazy, you can't get them to work. Where do you get that from? Get it from the Bible. The Bible says, as a, as a man, as a door, turn on the hinges. So a sofa man turn on his bed. Alarm clock go off. Snooze went off. No, get up. The alarm clock go off. Get up. I can't hear you. Yeah. God bless you. Y'all special unspoken? Yes, sir. The system of my family, we also traveling out of town. Sister Marie, we're going to pray for you. Your son is in good hands. You're going to love him like you love him. Treat him like you treat him. God bless you. Brother LJ, we'll pray for you and your household. Make us have a safe trip. Come back like you left. Don't bring no viruses, nothing extra. Like like you like like we left. How many have special unspoken? Isn't he a good God? Let's all rise. I don't know what reasonable person wouldn't love a God like this. What reasonable person wouldn't serve a God like this? What reasonable person wouldn't follow a God like this.
giving you all things pertains to life and godliness. Let's go before this great God of heaven. Lord, we thank you here today, Lord, for your favor, your mercy, and your grace. We pray that you hear all the petition of all your people. Lord, that you meet all of their needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Be merciful, Lord, to those that are afflicted. Raise them up, Lord. Quicken them. Heal their body. Touch their minds. Those that are traveling, Lord, that you will put a wedge of protection around them. Give them travel and grace and make it to their destination and back. Remember those who are in grave condition. Remember Sister uh, Pam, Lord. Please don't forget her. Raise her up, Lord. Sister Tiffany, Lord, can finish the work that you started. All those here, God, are looking unto you as the author and the finish of their faith, Jesus. Lord, that you have finished the course, cut it short in righteousness. We thank you, we trust you, and we believe you, Lord. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Time is far spent. We have a good treat for you today. We have dinner prepared. Not just dinner. You can get dinner anywhere. Here's what you can't get. You can't get dinner prepared for, by just brothers because they love the people of God. The brothers prepared a dinner for everybody. Most men don't even know how to cook. Here we partake alike. You sisters miss the opportunity. I say hallelujah. How many times you get a dinner that's prepared by brothers? Oh, brother, I don't do this every month. Well, we appreciate it. Look at Brother Shelby. Brother Shelby, you ever cook for your mother? You will today. <laughs> you, yes, man, we send them back home, you're going to be happy. Uh, mind you, they only know one meal. I hadn't been back there. I know what they cook. Grits and eggs. But the Bible says despite the other days of small things, start off with grits and eggs, and next thing you know, it's going to be a five-course meal. Okay, uh, we forgot to thank the Lord for the food we're about to receive. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for the fellowship. Bless the food to the nourishment of our bodies. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Okay, we need to receive an offering. By the way, I'm explaining that real quick. Receiving an offering is giving you a chance to give. Whatever you give is what between you and God. When it's not enough, you have to go take another offering. You've taken it. People gave what they had. Gave what they wanted to. Whether it's little or whether it's much between them and God. But if that's not enough and I say, okay, we're going to do it again, now I'm taking an offering. We're extracting an offering from you. No, we receive it. Don't take it. And if a person gives, then to God be the glory. If a person don't give, they're between them, their conscience, and their God. But I'm glad that you're persuaded of better things concerning you. You're faithful people. And so uh, uh, starting Friday, we receive offering on the move you at a pace you can keep. We receive an offering, it's put in the box. Most of you use electronic methods anyway. And so we're not going to pass the basket. Just going to receive an offering. You can text it in on your device. And afterwards, those who use, like myself, I use pencil and paper still, I'll drop it in the box and trust God I won't forget to do so. We want to train you up so that you don't need someone to put a basket and remind you that you have an obligation to God. So we have to start somewhere. Start right there on Friday night. That's all right. And so we have to make changes. Not that you're bad, but you're good. Can't be an enemy to your best. We have to keep growing. We have to keep moving forward until we get to that expected end. Amen. So starting Friday, but ain't, why don't you do it today, Brother Brown? Ain't ready. Ain't that basket. <laughs> Amen. That we may receive. I take it. One offering. That's all we do at meeting. One offering. Not the next room. There's nothing in it but dust, and that's what God wants you to have is dust. Thank God is that way. I have enough confidence in you. You that's right. So it's offering time. Forget those things.
that are behind and keep on reaching and pressing. We must be purified. We gotta keep taking off, putting on, in order to make the bride. And one day with our Jesus will abide. And we must strive to enter at the straight gate. Fall on the rod, Jesus Christ. We must forgive our brother. We must be purified, we gotta keep taking off, putting on, in order to make the bride. And one day with night, Jesus will abide. And we must try to enter at the straight gate. Fall on the rod, Jesus Christ. We must forgive our brother and our harbor in the And one day with night, Jesus will abide. Eden in St. Marcos, lest I forget this. February 9th through the 11th. That's it.
cleanup team two and practice at three. There's a translation meeting at what time? Right after the meeting. What do you want to meet? Right here. Please meet with the translation team right here, right after the meeting. Quickly. Bro, we Yes, sir. Just real quickly, uh, we have some lemons in the back. Feel free to help yourself to them. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Bless the Lord. In the back, you go through. Well, people of God, you are dismissed. Let's please go into the dining room. <laughs>